0: I'm going to be teaching tonight on the power choice. This is one of the visions the Lord gave me, and um, we haven't taught on it in a while, but the Lord has convicted all of us who teach around here to get started back on the visions, on teaching, because He wants to give more revelation on the visions. So we're going to start with some foundational Scriptures. Let's get those on the screen so I can kind of build the atmosphere on this vision. Leviticus 25:38. And you'll have to move fast with me tonight because I want to get all this out. So try to keep up with me tonight with these scriptures. Um, just do a small version, like the Spirit-filled version or something. It's always in the way. <laughs> it's always in the way. And Lee just realized that the balloons were tied to me. Huh? Leviticus twenty-five thirty-eight. I am the Lord God who brought you out of Egypt. What is Egypt? Bondage. 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 To give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. So the church is in between. For the most part, isn't it? The church is in between. The church came out of bondage, but they have not yet reached the promised land. Amen. Amen. And that's what the apostolic ministries are called to do. Apostles are called to bring you from where you are to where you're supposed to be. And, and God does that through revelatory teaching. I don't ever get up here until... If you don't see me teach by these notes, you don't listen to me. Because everything should be fresh. Everything should be fresh. So this is fresh for me as it is fresh for you. But there's life on it. And as I said before, it's going in you whether you know it or not. Because you can't stop the Word of God. It says it does not return void. It might take years to get it to return. (laughs) But it's coming coming back. So Leviticus 26, 3 through 6. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them. There's the key right there. And then I will give rain in in its season. The land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. And you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. How many people go to sleep scared and can't sleep and fearful? I talk to Christians all the time that, that uh, keep their lights on because they're so afraid to sleep. Isn't that crazy for a Christian? And it's because they've been under either the wrong leadership or the wrong teaching. Okay, let's go on uh verse 9. 26, 3, 9. For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. If God has put any money in your hands, it's because of his anointing. And his anointing is to establish that his money is to establish his covenant. Remember in Deuteronomy, he says, I give you power to create wealth. So every Christian should be creating some sort of wealth. Isn't that right? Pastor Daniel. I love Pastor Daniel's smile. You just want to get up and hug him. <laughs> I love Pastor Daniel. All right, let's move on. Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28. Behold, I set before you today. So it was set before you today, a blessing or a curse. When uh, Kendrick came in, I said, how was your day? He, was, I said, he said, it was great. And I said, did you, did you enforce the victory today? He said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. So to enforce the victory, you have to be bold. Amen. No more lambs. If you're in a, this ministry, you're going to be a lion. You're going to take the kingdom by force. No more lambs. None of these wimpy lambs crying all the time. And I just sent them over to Pastor Robeson's church or, or Savannah Christian Amen. And they'll be safe over there. They won't be safe here. So this vision, when he gave me the vision, he said, Gene, I set before my people life and death every day. And he says, choose which one you will do. So let's go on with the verse. The blessing, if you obey my, the commandments. What is a commandment? Revelation. Anytime God gives you a revelation, that is a commandment. He's commanding you to apply that word right there. Put on the sound of many waters. He's commanding you. To apply that word, and the blessing is, the blessing is the difference between a commandment and just a, a, a logos word that you're just reading off, off the page. That you're just reading the Bible is that the commandment, the revelation has power for you to apply that word. It's hell to try to apply the word without the power, isn't it? How many times did you confess Scripture and it never worked? it never worked and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after the other gods which you have not known see there's more gods out there you don't even know about Satan has ranks of authority and the more you grow in Christ you still have the choice to move away from him and when you do, you, you meet a devil that you've never met before. Think about that. i warn warned people in the apostolic ministry, because when you grow, it's not the same devils you were used to. These devils are angrier, they're meaner, and they are assigned to destroy you. Let's go to the next verse, Deut- Deuteronomy 38, 11:31, uh, "Where you will cross over the Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord God has given you, and you will possess it and dwell in it. What is the Jordan? In the New Testament, what is the Jordan? It's your trial. It's where you fight your mentors, devils. So if I'm a father to you and you're a son and daughter, and you're going to be fighting the same devil that I fought, because until you do, you'll never get the blessing that I'm walking in. No, uh-uh. you've got to experience Jordan. And see, you can experience Jordan with power, because he always gives you the commandment before he sends you to Jordan, the Revelation. It's amazing how happy we can get with Revelation. Then when Jordan shows up. (laughs) When Jordan shows up, my God, all we see is the devil. Isn't that right? All we see is our circumstance. Well, what about the word that just made you alive yesterday? That you can carry that power right through Jordan. Because he says right there, cross over. (laughs) You got to cross over your circumstance. But the reason we stay in Jordan because we want to try to control Jordan. Isn't that right? Don't we want to try to control our situations? Why do we want to control our situations? We don't want to be wrong. <laughs> we don't want to be wrong. When God is looking for transparency, God is looking for you to show that you show yourself wrong because there's no crossing over until you do. Show yourself that, that you have failed. Show yourself that you have missed the mark, and when you do that through confessing to one another because that's that's who you're prideful towards it's not God, it's towards one another and in a place like this, you're safe. I don't know how many people's come up here and just I didn't realize what they were into. they came up here and just was transparent. Thank God the Lord didn't show me that. All the Lord shows me is love. He had some of these demons from me that are in people where all you can do is love them. And what do we say around here? We love you out of your problem. We love you out of that. We love you out of that. And that's the, that's the beauty about this ministry. So let's move on to Jordan. So when you cross over the Jordan, your season of trial, you go into the promised land. And we'll go into that. Um, for you will cross over the Jordan and go into possess the land which the Lord God is giving you. He's giving it to you. It's nothing you did to obtain it. He's giving it to you. That's why He said, Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and I will add everything to you. How do you seek the kingdom? Open the Bible. And what do you do when you open it? Read it. And you read it to what happens? No, that's close. You read it to what happens? To what? To the king is revealed. The Bible is the kingdom. But I want the king to be revealed. And that's when the illumination comes. And that's when Jesus has just resurrected off that page and He's facing you. And He says, choose me today, for I'm your blessing. So the next time you open the Bible, get excited. And it may seem boring to read it sometimes. But if it seems boring to you, then you know it's milking you. The Lord taught me that a long time ago. I got tired of reading the same old stuff and no change. He knows when you're ready for change. But He's going to keep milking you. So read it, even though you don't understand it. Because it is milking you. Every time you open it, it's promoting growth. Every time you open it, it's promoting blessing. But you need the power to be promoted. And that's when the King is revealed out of the Word of God as you read it. That keeps me going. I might read that Word for a month now and He might not reveal Himself. But I always said, I'm going to keep reading until you reveal yourself. And now He does it every time I get into worship. Every time. Let's go to the next verse. Let's go to Deuteronomy 12.7. i got to move faster. And there... You shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand to. How many rejoices in the work? Everything that you put your hand to, you're rejoicing in all to which you have put your hand, and you and your households in which the Lord God has blessed you. So he's talking about your family. Always said that the glory of God starts with your house. If it ain't right in the house, you don't, don't even bring it in here as a leader. Because that leader's house has got to be right. All right, Deuteronomy 12, 8 and 9. And you shall not do as we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. It's amazing when Jordan comes, how many times we start doing things what, what we think is right and we start fighting carnally, you'll never get through Jordan. you had to go back to Bethel and start all over again. God's going to send you to a rest either way. But if you didn't make it through Jordan, you know it's not the rest for the promise. It's the rest to say, let's do it again. <laughs> He's not going to give up on you, I'm telling you. If He didn't give up on me, He's not going to give up on you. <laughs> tell you My Lord, Deuteronomy 12, 10. But when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord God has given you to inherit, so this is different than your blessing. Your blessing is different from your inheritance. And He gives you rest from all your enemies. Now, where's your enemies at? In your mind. Listen, if you got enemies around you, then you got some enemies in the mind. They're attracted to each other. So if you're always in trouble with no victory, then you know there's some devils working in the mind. So give rest from all your enemies round about so that you will dwell in safety. Is that it? Okay, The Lord told me that we have a righteous spirit with a Gentile mind. Let that sink in. We can come in here and worship God out of our righteous spirit. And as soon as we go out that door, the Gentile mind kicks in. And you can feel it. You start feeling the world. See, when your mind gets renewed, you don't feel the world anymore. You don't feel it. You might feel principalities because they're assigned to you. But the world and the lust of it, you don't feel it anymore. A righteous spirit with a Gentile mind. God said the church has a righteous spirit with a Gentile mind. Even though... They are held guiltless, acquitted, and justified in their spirit. The mind, which is supposed to be the mind of Christ, is supposed to, now it has a Gentile mindset. And what is a Gentile mindset? What is a Gentile? A lost man. So we have a righteous spirit. In a lost mind. Because the mind has never been rescued. The spirit has. The Bible says we're continually, what? Being saved. So he's not talking about your spirit. He's talking about your mind. Your soul is continually being rescued. Saved means rescued. And once you're rescued by the power, see the revelation, the commandment, has the power to rescue the mind. And the truth that's in that commandment renews it. That's why revelation is so powerful. Because it's the spirit of truth. And the truth of the spirit has just come together. And when you apply it, transformation happens. When you act on it, renew. Renewal happens to the mind. So James said the tongue is an unruly, unruly evil. How many times has your tongue got you in trouble? In any, many ways. It says with it we praise God and with it we curse man. This is what James was saying. How many times have you all been in here praising God and then you got into a bicker with your husband or wife or somebody and, and started cursing? It tells you that the tongue has not been tamed. The only way the tongue is going to get tamed is through transformation and renewal of the mind. Because the tongue holds the power of what's in the mind. He said, out of it, this, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. He said, this should not be. So we got to keep this in mind. Our words frame our world. And every frame is either filled with something or it's a passageway. You have a door frame and that's a passageway. You have a picture frame and it's filled with something. So just as soon as your, wor- your words have framed something in the spirit realm, God's going to fill it or the enemy's going to fill it. So how many times you, have you said something and wish you'd never said it and went and tried to catch that word back and you can't get it back. So when something is framed, it's filled. When the image of God is framed through transformation, it is filled with new things. And that's why much, most church people hadn't experienced new things. It's been the same old thing. He said when the image of Satan is framed through conforming instead of transforming, it is filled with old things. The old life, the things you used to do start coming back again. And you wonder why things that we used to do, that we thought we were <laughs> done and over with it, are coming back again. It's because I, somewhere along the line, my words had framed the opening for it to come back. The, the enemy... Right, look, you remember the, the four ways the enemy comes? Through adversity. Through... Is it three or four? Through adversity. No. Adversity. Adversity temptation and opposition. three. yeah. So that's the three ways he comes. But I mean our chart that Lord gave us about the progression of the enemy, how he puts on different faces. The enemy's going to come regardless, but the only thing he can't do is fill your life. If you have framed something out with your words, He's coming to fill that up. But if you've been delivered in Jordan from what you said or framed, because that's why God is taking through Jordan to get the enemy out of you. Amen? So He's not coming to fill you. He's coming to resist you. He's coming to resist you because you're heading into a new place. How many ever experienced the resistant when you start moving into a new place? How many experienced the resistant coming here? Jeez, there was many times I didn't want to come. I said this can't be me because I love the presence of God, but that thing was coming on me. Although you just go in there and worship for five hours, you'll be wore out tomorrow. You'll be wore out the next day. The enemy just talking to you. As long as He's talking to me and He's not talking in me. <laughs> so, so there are two laws in the Spirit. And that's why I had the balloons. Because there's a law of life and peace and there's a law of sin and death. Every word I'm speaking tonight that's from God is going into this law. It, it goes into this law. What does that law do? Once it gets that seed, that word. What's the law in place? See, see, this law got put in place by God through the resurrection. And it's called the law of life and peace. This law got put in place by Adam. And it's called sin and death. So we got to watch our words when we start coming up to Jordan. Because the very thing God's trying to get out of me, I'm sowing back into. Any negative word. Any complaining word. Any word that does not line up with the word is going into this law. Law enforces the fruit of what was sown. So when you sow blessing, because we're sowers, right? We sow with our words. We sow with our hands. When we sow, whether it's with our words or with our hands, it's going into this law. And this law is going to enforce the fruit of what's in that seed. That's why the Lord said, seed, time, and harvest. It's the same with the enemy. Seed, time, and harvest. So when you sow into this law, the fruit that's coming back is life on what's dead. Whatever's dead in your life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your finances, whatever, whether it's your body, wh- wherever death is at, life is coming back to resurrect that particular area. And how do you know it's been resurrected? Because peace comes. It's the law of life and peace. It's a spiritual law. It's in the atmosphere. This is what it looks like. It's in the atmosphere, ready to catch your words. You see it? It's all around you. And some of them are bigger because, because over here I'm sowing more into the kingdom than I am in darkness. So the law gets bigger in my life. But for most of the church... The aged church, which God calls the carnal church, this is where they're sowing and don't even realize it because the gift has been magnified with no relationship. So every time I'm preaching, teaching, it's going into that law because it's not, God's not in it. He's not in the gift. He gave the gift to you. So when I give a gift to someone, I don't take it back. So there's a portion of anointing on that gift. And it's up to us how we, what we do with it. When you build your relationship with Christ, it's up to Him how He wants to use it. There's a big difference. So these laws enforce the victory of Christ. The law of victory It's going to enforce the law of the victory of Christ or the law of the victory of the fall. There's a victory in the fall and it's Satan's victory. So this law is enforcing Satan's victory in the fall. The law of life and peace enforces God's destiny on your life. And that's what you want. The law of life and peace enforces God's destiny on your life. So a lot of people hadn't even reached their destiny, not alone their destination, because it's two different things, because of what they've been saying. This is your destiny. Is the promised land. That's our destiny. Our destination is where we're going to use it for His glory. So, the law of sin and death enforces Satan's destiny. So every time I say a negative word, (laughs) listen, any word that comes out of reasoning, if it's, if it's not reasoning, if it's not reasoning with God, of course, if you're reasoning with the truth, that's good. But if you're reasoning with a lie, then you're enforcing Satan's destiny on your life. Our words are the purchasing power of life and death. Our words are the purchasing power. Faith is the currency of heaven, but our words are the purchasing power of life and death. This ministry would have already been out of this building years ago if everybody was saying the same thing. <laughs> If everybody was saying the same thing, we'd have been that building probably had already been built. So life and peace is the path to the promised land. It's a path to the promised land. Sin and death is a path to the lost land. I mean you just go around and around not knowing what your life where is it going? Where where am I going? Just groping in darkness. And we're Christian. It's because of what we sowed out of our mouth. And we can't blame it on anybody else. It's what we sowed with my mouth and with my hands. What did I touch? Thoughts are seeds released from the kings of the kingdoms. Now Satan is a king of darkness. Jesus is the king of light. And thoughts, when you get a thought, it's nothing but a seed coming from the king. So you need to ask yourself, talk to your soul, where did that seed come from? Because a seed is a word. So a thought only comes because somebody has said something, right? No, I'm going to get to that. So, so that's why Paul said to bring every thought. So what he's saying? Bring every seed captive. Jesus said a seed. Jesus sends a seed to bring forth His kingdom. To bring forth the fruit of heaven. To bring forth your promised land. Satan sends the seed to bring forth the fruit of darkness and to bring forth a lost land. And most of the church is still wandering in the wilderness trying to find their home. I did it for years. Went from church to church to church to church. And finally, I couldn't find a home. I figured they just needed me and what I had. And that's the last thing they needed. With somebody all puffed up, that you need me. God's seeds are revelatory thoughts that produce faith. Here's the difference, what Kim was asking. Here's some of the difference. God's seeds are revelatory thoughts that produce faith. Satan's seeds are reasoned thoughts that produce fear. So now you know the difference of where the seed came from. Yes. God's seeds are revelatory thoughts that produce faith. Satan's seeds are reasoned thoughts that produce fear. How many of y'all were all right last week and and this week is just totally different because you you just got your Jordan. You've come into your Jordan. (laughs) There will be a time that there will be no more Jordan. God's just trying to get the trespasser out of our mind. And there will be a time. I, I don't go through no more Jordan. I haven't gone through Jordans in a while. Yes even though there might be things around me going on, but it ain't in me going on no more. You got that? And, and I think people around here can verify that. Faith is the currency of life. Fear is the currency of death. So every time you start fearing, that's the payment. That's, what, that's the enemy's currency to purchase death by your words you can purchase death by your words it's a purchasing power let's look at proverbs twenty-one, twenty-three. whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble amen i've said amen now how many times before i never did it <laughs> amen preacher That's the truth. Ain't that right? But when Jordan comes around, (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) When Jordan comes around, my Jesus. I love when David said, God, place a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips. (laughs) He knew this law. So we guard our mouth from receiving the seed of darkness. And we guard our tongue from releasing the seed of darkness. You know, sometimes when you get the word of God in you, you can feel it in your mouth. That's the good seed. <laughs> <laughs> Psalm 39.1. Psalm 39, one. I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. So while demons are at Jericho, you better not say a word. Don't say nothing. Those demons can be coming out of your mate, but don't you say nothing. You stay silent. Because that demon is looking for ammunition and and, and, you know if you can give him more than what he's producing towards you, it'll kill you. How many times? How many times you get in an argument and just gets elevated and elevated and y'all are a hundred miles apart when y'all used to be this close? Satan is the master of the vision. God separates, Satan divides this door immediately. And say, Lord, I seal it with the blood. <laughs> you see, demons surround the seed of Satan just like saints surround the seed of Christ. But the the king of darkness sends a seed, he's already surrounded that seed with demons. Because as soon as you release it, the demons put it to work. They come ready to enforce... The fall. Demons come to enforce the fall. They don't want no resurrection in your life. Romans seven twenty-three. But I see a law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin and death. Here's the law of the fall. It's in us. It's in our members. This is the law of the fall. So thoughts are seeds from a higher power. Keep that in mind. We need to be so sensitive and discerning about thoughts. How to judge it. Let's look at Isaiah 55, eight. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. So how will we know his thoughts? How will we know his... That's good. It produces faith. Paul said to really judge it by the word. So if, if God is sending me a thought, it's because he already spoke. So when did he speak? When he gave the commandment. When he gave the revelation. God's thoughts come from Heaven. Satan's thoughts come from the earth. Period. He said when we receive the seed of thought, it is formed in faith or it is formed in fear in the mouth and then released by the tongue. So the thought comes, the thought comes down and it rests on my tongue. Amen. Hey, you know we have a party. <laughs> so 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 God's thoughts are not our thoughts. So what are God's thoughts? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts I think toward you thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Isn't that beautiful? So that's how I judge a thought is, all right, where is this thought going to take me? Is it going to bring peace to whoever is involved with this thought? Is it going to bring peace to my life? Is it going to promote their future when I speak? is it can promote hope when I speak. That's a good way to judge it. So, for I know the seeds that turn into my plans, is what he's saying. Seeds of welfare, seeds of peace, seeds of hope for a final outcome, which is your promised land. So what is the final outcome? If, if I have hope for something, I should know what the final outco- outcome is so that I can hope for the final outcome. So let's look at Leviticus twenty-five thirty-eight. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. So it starts right there. The hope is He's going to bring me into the promised land because He brought me out of Egypt. Alright, let's go to the next verse. 26. Leviticus 26.3.6.9 We've already went through these, but I'm bringing them back again. If you walk in my statutes and keep my revelation and perform them, Then I will give you rain in a season. How many missed your season with rain? You went right into another dry season. Seasons aren't supposed to be dry all year long. It's supposed to be a season. (laughs) Rain in my season. The land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last the time of sowing, and you shall eat the bread to your full. How many y'all full? Now, I'm not talking about with food now. When he says bread in the word, he's talking about the word of God. Are we full with the word? And dwell in your land safely. You'll never be safe until you're full of the word. And the reason that is, is because you can actually say to Satan, you have no place in me. Because the Word is there. Uh, Is that verse 9? Let's go to 9. For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. Now notice on this vision that the promised land... You see the circle and the colors? is already in us. See that vision? It's already in us. He's just trying to get what's in us out. Everything we need is already in us. The new life, the new thing is already in us. But our words are keeping us from experiencing what's in us. We sow into the law of life and peace, or the law of sin and death. The seed, the law, the trial, and the result. That's the process. Let's just stop for a minute and let's tell Satan something. Repeat after me. I love the process. I love the process. <laughs> he hates that. I love the process. You get up every morning and say, I love the process. He hates that. Yes. But it gets Jesus' attention. Not, Jesus gets up and say, I'm going to follow this one around today. <laughs> So, because the process is bringing you into a fertile, secure, stable life. That's what the promised land is, is a fertile, secure, stable life. Aren't you ready to be secure? And be fertile in your security? And be stable in your security? I'm there. I know I can, I can testify to it. If I wasn't there, I wouldn't be up here teaching it. And there's others that are there that have been processed in this ministry that feel secure, that feel fertile. So look what this says. Delayed but not denied. Isn't that good? So when I'm sowing the good seeds and I'm sowing the bad seeds and they really opposed one another... They're opposed to one another. This one's tormenting. This one's at peace over here. When I'm sowing the good seed, you're still going to have to face Jordan. You're still going to have to face all hell breaking loose. But the difference is, when you've sowed into the good seed, the, good, the law of life and peace, grace picks you up and carries you through Jordan. Jordan. You say, bye-bye devil. The same way you were conveyed into the kingdom. You remember that day? When God just picked you up, carried you over, and dropped you off. <laughs> you remember that? All muddy, stinky, smelly from sin. But in the kingdom, grace picks us up and carries us. But when we've sown into the law of sin and death, Jesus still has us covered. He sends mercy. There's a big difference between grace and mercy. What does mercy do? Helps in time of need. That means mercy ain't doing it for you. Mercy is going to help you get through your Jordan. So, what mercy is doing, mercy is helping you get back to the revelation, the commandment that was spoken before you hit your Jordan. Because the Holy Spirit brings what? All things back to your remembrance that He had spoken. That's the only thing you got going through your Jordan. So are you going to be on time or are we going to be delayed? I hate delay. They know it around the business. I hate delay. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. This is a good verse for her right now. First Corinthians 10. That was right on time. 1 Corinthians ten, three and 6. <laughs> come on. Come on. Hurry for, that, for the moment passes. <laughs> come on. Come on, first Corinthians ten three through six. Come on, I feel it diminishing. Come on, where you at? First Corinthians ten three through six. First Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through six. All right. All ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock, and they followed them, and the rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. That's not the right one. It must be, it must be second grin. Captive. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Bring every seed captive to the seed of his obedience. You'll never make it through your obedience. See, see, with the revelation, is not only carrying His power, but it's carrying His obedience. That's why it's so easy to do it when it's true revelation. It carries His power and His obedience. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Think about what's come off our tongue. Even today, my Lord, today. I'm not talking about me. I, I'm guarding my tongue. I know the damage it can cause. What have we sown today or yesterday? And it went into this law. And this law is going to enforce the fruit of what's in that seed. So when you sow a seed, this law is coming to you and it's going in that law. Now, it takes any law time to enforce something. Even in the natural law. How many times you go to court? And how many times have it been appealed? It takes time to enforce the law. This law enforces the fruit of decay. No. it enforces, the Lord told me, i got it here somewhere, I'm getting ahead of my notes. It enforces disease, decay, ruin, and destruction. Everything that we're tired of, my words just enforced it to stay in my life. Instruments of power are the tongue and the hands. Instruments of power are the tongue and the hands. Galatians 6:8. For he who sows to his flesh will reap will of the flesh reap corruption, and he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. 1 Corinthians 10:21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons because it provokes your Lord to jealousy. It provokes Him to jealousy. Have you ever met an angry man? A jealous man? That was jealous over his wife? He was angry. The Lord has an anger, but it's an anger of jealousy. This is sitting at the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Our words are carriers of outcomes. Our words are carriers of outcomes. So what does that mean? Out comes the light or out comes the darkness. Whatever table you are sitting at comes forth from fellowship. Whatever table you're sitting at is coming forth through association of fellowship. So this vision, when the Lord gave me this vision, He said, this is my carnal church. What is a carnal church? What is a carnal person? A carnal person is their own God. That's why they live in both worlds, because they want to be their own God. Let's look at Romans seven twenty-two and 23. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against my mind, bringing me into captivity of the law of sin. Now, what does sin mean? It's bringing me into captivity of missing the mark again. Aren't you tired of missing the mark? The law of Christ. Let's look at Romans 8.1, chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. And you all really need to meditate on these scriptures. There, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh. Now let's stop right there. How do you walk according to the flesh? You walk according to your senses. That's how you walk according to the flesh. You walk according to what you see. You walk according to what you hear. You walk according to what you smell. You walk according to what you touch. The senses. That's how you walk in the, in, the, in the flesh. But according to the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So we're already free from this law because of the law of life and peace, which is in us even though it's around us. The law of sin and death is in us and it's around us. These laws are receiving our words and enforcing the fruit of the seed. That's why the Lord always says, Declare and decree your future because your future is in the seed of what you're declaring and decreeing. Even though your situation doesn't look like what you're declaring, as long as you're declaring it, you'll get there. You'll get there. So if you sow the good seed, you will see the fruit of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. So grace carries you. Grace carries the fruit into the new place, a new life. The seed is opening up in Jericho. When a seed opens up in the ground, it moves the earth. It moves its surroundings. So the reason you've gone into Jericho, because the seed has begun to open and it's shaking up your surroundings. It's moving everything it's not supposed to be a part of your life. Let's look at Amos 9, 13, 14 in the Message Bible. Amos 9, 13, and 14. I saw my master standing beside the altar at the shrine. He said, Hit the tops of the shrine pillars, make the floor shake, the roofs about to fall on the heads of the people, and whoever kills, whoever, whoever's still alive, I'll kill. No one will get away. No one, <laughs> no runaways will make it. If they dig their way down into the underworld, I will find them and bring them up. That wasn't the right scripture. I didn't think it was. Yes, indeed. But Master Mike liked it, so it touched his life. So he just got a revelation. You better write that one down. It's in the <laughs> message Bible. He just got a command. Yes, indeed. It won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other, you won't be able to keep up with it. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Hey, we're about to go into our resurrection season. And the Lord already showed me the blessings that's going to hit some some people's lives. I know with us, our... our we're going into our resurrection season. And it's right at the end of August, just when September starts. Amen. The blessings will overtake. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. I'll make everything right again for my people, Israel, and your Israel, your spiritual Israel. They'll rebuild their ruined cities, they'll plant vineyards and drink good wine, none of that cheap wine anymore. Was it called Boone's Farm? <laughs> when I was poor, that's the only thing I could drink was Boone's Farm. <laughs> Y'all remember that? <laughs> My Lord, that came in the big old jug too. Man, that, thing last, that thing would last for days. <laughs> oh, Lord, no more cheap wine. I'm going to drink the good wine. (laughs) They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And And I'll plant them, plant them on their land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. Never again uprooted. Never again uprooted. Aren't you getting tired of being uprooted? My Lord Jesus. This is kingdom results. This is what the law of life and peace does. Brings kingdom results. Let's look at Deuteronomy 12.10. Let's see what else grace does. Don't continue doing things the way you are doing them at present. Each of us doing as we wish. Until now, you haven't arrived at the goal, the resting place, the inheritance that God, your God, has given you. But the minute you cross the Jordan River, and settle into the land God, your God, is enabling you to inherit, He'll give you rest from all your surrounding enemies, and you'll be able to settle down and live safely. Right? Now, that, that, that safe, living safely is a big thing. How many times have you been uprooted and had to move from place to place? That will never happen again if you're sowing into this, this law of life and peace, a fertile, secure land. But he said, you know, your trials are your Jordan. You, you may have received blessing before your trial. Because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repent at, at Jericho. So God blesses us with something just before He takes us to Jericho. And then we end up using the blessing to promote Jericho. What has God blessed you with? When God blesses you with something, there's no obligation. It's free. But then we hit Jordan and we use the very thing God blessed us with to entertain the devil Jericho is your trial. Jericho is Jericho is where you meet your mentor's devils. Jordan, what is it? Oh, Jordan. Yeah, Jericho is where you meet your mentor's devils. Jordan is where you cross over into the promised land. So you remember the teaching I did what was on Bethel? It was for what was the four? Bethel he go Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. And it matches the four functions of the soul. I have a teaching light. You need to go back and listen to that. And you understand these, these. The blessing you got before Jericho. God always blesses you before he takes you into a trial. So, what was the question? No, I meant jericho no i right, let me let me the blessing because god God blesses us before he asked us to repent, so we have to judge ourselves when God gives you a blessing. What is this blessing for? Is it for repentance or is it for obedience? You have to judge it. Because I can use the blessing that I'm thinking for me being so good. But God sees something in me that He wants me to die while I'm enjoying the blessing. It's so easy to die to something and enjoy the blessing at the same time. That's a good daddy. My daddy wouldn't like that. He took out this belt right here. Y'all remember that? God's discipline is not like that. He disciplines us out of His goodness. His goodness. So always remember, if you got, if somebody is sowed into your life, money or somebody sowed a gift or, or, like the Lord uses me for cars and stuff. I never know what it's for. Whether it's for repentance. Or whether it's from something they just obeyed God in. And God wants to bless them. The only way I know is when the trial comes. If they still look the same way. When they got the blessing. We shouldn't change our countenance. We're giving devil the glory when we lose our countenance. We should maintain the same joy that I had. Well, I got the blessing in my Jericho. I, is it Jericho? Jericho experience. All right? So hope does not disappoint. Obedience is rewarded. What happens if I have sowed bad seed? Since the, the, the fruit of bad seed is decay, ruin, destruction. See, the, be- the beauty part about the kingdom of God is He keeps you blessed. The, the deception of the enemy's kingdom. When we think we're right in our own eyes, remember that one verse? We th- when we think we're right in our own eyes, the enemy will bless you and you'll think it's God. I've been there. The enemy can bless you just like God can. But the difference is, it doesn't stay. It's temporary. You lose what you thought was a blessing from God, but it was really from the enemy because of what I sowed into this law. Law of sin and death. My words. Remember your words. you got to look back the last 30 days, the last 60 days, and what words did I sow that were not edifying That we're not promoting peace, that we're not promoting the person's future, because it always involves someone else. Everything we do involves someone else. So as I look back and see how I treated a person with my words, whether it's your mate, whether it's a friend, whatever, business partner, whatever, then you know that this law still has it, and this law, God's God's going to judge the fruit of that sowing in Jericho. So you can, you can sow good seeds and you can sow bad seeds. And both of them's going to come into a trial. You cannot avoid it. But the difference is, if you've just been sowing all good seeds and you haven't been sowing any bad seeds, then you're going to get carried through your trial. It won't touch you. It won't touch you financially, it won't touch you emotionally. You'll have perfect peace going through Jericho. But if you sow bad seeds and you go into your trial, the first thing, the first sign is your mind is not the same. I just lost my peace. Now I'm confused. Now I'm, I'm worried. Uh, this is how you know that a bad seed has been sown. That makes sense? We should check ourselves every day by what's coming out of our mouth. And God, God will send people your way just to trigger something in you, that you thought you had been done with that. but don't let it come out. Just judge yourself. say, "Wow." God's trying to get this thing out of me. And if I don't say a word, it will die. Because the good word will swallow it up. Swallows up death. You will know that you are in a season of trial and will be fellowshipping with the enemy's judgment. You'll feel it and you'll see it when you've best sown a bad seed. You'll see it and feel it. So you're fellowshipping with the enemy's judgment. God's not judging you. He's judging what you are associated to. So over here, you won't feel any, any, any of that. He'll just carry you right through your Jericho. But over here, you're going to feel it. And mercy is going to help you get through it. And you will get through it. You will get through it. Jeremiah 2.13. Jeremiah 2.13. Stay up with me, guys, back there. Yeah, I'm going to try to get get to the end of the scene. Uh, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and honed for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can't hold water. This is a, a, good picture, of this vision of the two cisterns. Jeremiah two seventeen. Have you not brought this on yourself, in that you have forsaken the Lord God, when He led you in the way? God is always leading us in the way. But we don't realize it sometimes because we're in in Jericho. And the trial, and all hell's breaking loose. And the religious mind will say, "God's not leading you into that. God is leading you into that." Because what's in me has to be judged. Has to be judged. Jeremiah two eighteen and nineteen. And now, why take the road to Egypt and drink the waters of Sehor? Or why take the road of Israel to drink the waters of the river? Your own wickedness will correct you. Your backslidings will rebuke you. Now, therefore, see, that is an evil, evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken, Lord, and the fear of me is not in you. See, that's what's wrong with the church today. The fear of God is not in the church. The love of God is, but not the fear of God. You know why? It's because the only way the fear of God can come into the church is there's got to be revelation. There's got to be revelatory teaching. There's got to be revelation. Or there's no fear. In fact, revelation carries the full counsel of the Holy Spirit. Which is the seven spirits of God that proceeds from his throne. That is the full perfect counsel of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. So when, when the King reveals himself, he's revealing the perfect counsel of the Holy Spirit in that revelation. So those seven spirits are connected to that revelation. So if you can picture that, that's what he's equipping you with just as soon as you start meditating on it and then applying it. That's why it's so easy. Jeremiah 2.21 Yet I had planted you in a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into a degenerate plant, an alien vine? How easy it is to do that with my words, Jeremiah 2:23. How can you say I am not polluted? Have I not gone after bales? See your way in the valley. Know that you have d- what you have done. You are swift, dumb dairy breaking loose in her ways. Let's go to Jeremiah 3:14 and 15. Return, O bank-slidden children, says the Lord. For I am married to you. I will take you from a city and two from a family and I will bring you to Zion and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So who are the shepherds that he's talking about here? He's talking about apostles. That's what he's talking about. Your apostles are your true shepherds because apostles, true apostles that have been developed by the Lord have power and authority to protect the sheep. He said, "I will give you shepherds according to my heart. True apostles. They will feed you with revelation knowledge and understanding. Isn't that awesome? Say, I'm in the right place. <laughs> I'm in the right place. Let's 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 make the devil angry one more time. I'm in the right. Say, I love the process. <laughs> I love the process. See, mercy helps you get through the trial while grace carries you. That's the difference. That's why some trials are are not as bad as others. Because there's seasons where we just don't sow any good seed. Everything's coming out of our mouth. And those those are bad seasons. But when there's some coming out, yesterday it was a good seed and today's a bad seed. Those trials aren't going to be that bad because you've got some good working for you. Amen? You've got some good working for you. So delayed and not denied. Let's see. 15. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. What happens when I stop doing what I used to do before I received God's goodness? Hebrews 2.10 I'm skipping over this one. So if you all want to copy this message, you need to get this one. Hey, Hebrews 2.10. What happens when I stop doing what I used to do before I received God's goodness? For it was fitting for Him, for whom all things and to whom all are things, bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Now, I don't know what the Lord's telling us there. What happens... When, when I stopped doing what I used to do before I received God's goodness. It was fitting for Him, for whom all things, and by all, whom are all things, bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So, we don't realize it, but we can bring suffering back to Jesus. Every time we get off, because we are one with Him. He feels the infirmity. He feels the infirmity. So the way I see this, He is the captain of our uh, salvation and He's perfecting the very thing that we are su- suffering for. In other words, He's leading you into a glorious life. Either way. Either way. Whether you sow bad seeds or good seeds, He's still leading you into a glorious life. Luke sixteen sixteen. The law of the prophets were until John, since the time of the kingdom has been preached, and everybody is pressing into it. You've got to press into it. There's so much more. Y'all really need to get. Cause I was just getting to the good part, and it's already seven But I got halfway through it. Just to the good part. You got to plow for a while. And then the rain comes. So I laid a good foundation. Let Lee bring the rain. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to be teaching Saturday, so y'all come. And uh, we're going to leave the balloons because I might, you know, touch on some of this again about these two laws. But if you can picture this is all around you every day, in your home, both of these laws are there. So it'll sort of stop you in your tracks when you're dealing with people or even your mate. Watch your words. Because one thing about your words, when your words have have been released at a measure of anger, here comes the fist. The enemy just keeps going. Because what he's trying to do, he's trying to mock That's all He's trying to do. Oh, God didn't do anything for you. Look at you. You were worshiping last week and now you're acting like a fool this week. No, God is trying to get the fool out of you. That's all He's trying to do. The enemy is a fool. And He's just trying to get him out of you. So don't let the enemy condemn you. Because you are in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You are in the love of God. And you are being processed. I always keep that in mind. I'm being processed. And I'm going to let the captain of my salvation process me. And what am I going to do while I'm being processed? I'm going to say the right words. I'm going to say the right thing. Amen. People shouldn't even know you're going through a process. Because if people know it, the devil knows it. Because he's always got someone around you that's yielded to him that's going to promote it. That's going to just uh, fuel it and make me feel worse or tempt me. Like, you can't get this right. Let's go back this way again. You're being processed. And He's bringing you into a good good place. And you'll never have to go back again. That's the beauty part about the apostolic kingdom. Is you never have to go back to that life again. Ever. And you'll see that temptation won't come your way anymore. You'll see that the tempter won't come your way anymore. Because the temptation is not in you anymore. He only comes... When He sees just a little bit of temptation in you. And that's usually in your rest, which you're in right now. You're in your rest. Amen. Any questions? Get this down. Get this picture down. Get one of these cards. I don't know whether we have them on a little note card. We've been trying to get them on note cards. we got some of them back there. Put it on your dashboard. Put it on your mirror at home. And let it be a reminder that these two laws are around me every day and they're catching my words. Amen. Let's pray if there's no questions. No questions, Pastor Mike. Father, I thank You for the Word. I thank You for the revelation. I thank You, Lord, that You love us so much that You placed us here to give us revelation, to give us understanding that we can defeat ignorance, that we can defeat the flesh. And that we can enforce the victory. And that we can enforce our inheritance. So I seal it right now with your blood, with your word, the name of Jesus. I seal every word right now, Father, that it will come to fruition at their hearing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him praise.